Welcome to HR in 15, a podcast dedicated to addressing the complexities of modern HR in just 15 minutes. Brought to you by Prestige PEO, simplifying HR. Hello, and welcome to another episode of HR in 15. I'm Melissa Analfo, Supervisor of Client Success and Operations here at Prestige PEO and your host today. Today, we welcome back Rhonda Wheelis, Director of Client Services, Southeast Region here at Prestige PEO. Hey, Rhonda. Thank you so much for coming back for a second episode. No problem. Happy to be here. So last time, we just scratched the surface of performance management. So if you could do us all a favor, can you review the definition of performance management quickly for everybody? Sure. So performance management is a process to improve and sustain performance. It ensures that employees are performing at their best, and it's a cycle of completing a job analysis, setting goals, measuring performance against goals and job standards, and providing ongoing feedback. It makes sure that employees are carrying out their job requirements effectively and meeting goals. Strong and steady performance help to ensure an organization's success. Ah, perfect. Thank you. So getting right into our topic today, let's talk a little bit about coaching and written warnings as part of a performance management plan, right? So what, what does that look like? So when, when things go wrong, it's important to provide the employee feedback quickly. And you can do that in many different kinds of ways, right? Training, coaching, progressive discipline, written warnings also work really well. Um, the difference between doing something like coaching and a written warning is that coaching is much more of an interactive process. I like to say that that's kind of where you would start with the coaching. Um, So you don't necessarily have to go directly to a written warning, but that's really where you're guiding employees through improving their performance. And as a coach, you're working with someone who has the ability to carry out the functions of their role, but isn't for a specific reason. Once you do your coaching and perhaps that's not working, you're going through this interactive process, you're realizing, huh, we need to do something more here, um, a written warning may uh, come into a place. Um, and generally, I'm kind of jumping to the written warning, but generally you start with a verbal, right? And so you give the employee the verbal warning, you let them know where their uh, performance was lacking, and then you, you know, go through all the details and then you as the manager document that in writing um, and put it in the employee's file. So this way everyone knows that this happened. And then if the employee's performance doesn't improve, then you would move on to a written warning. And that's just a document used when an employee is in violation of an organizational policy, exhibited misconduct, or an employee's performance is really just below job standards for the role. It's used to formally document employee shortfall and provide the employee with an opportunity to improve their performance. It includes specifics about the shortfall, what the employee isn't doing, right? And actions employees need to take to improve and want to improve. So, Rhonda, how do you even go about that then with the employee, right? Like, how do you approach it? Well, let's go back to um, coaching just very briefly. So, with coaching, 
um, you first need to talk to the employee to gain buy-in, right? You wanna gain buy-in, get agreement that there is a performance issue, right? So you wanna kind of figure out what the performance issue and what it is that they need to do specifically to improve. Then you're going to discuss the solution to the issue with the employee to determine the options for improving performance, set a plan and work toward it. How does that conversation look? So that really looks like an interactive process. So it's a matter of one going in to talk to the employee, right? Um, you begin the um, discussion by saying, you know, here's the performance issue, um, you know, and ask the employee to really evaluate their own performance. Um, I remember there was um, an employee who um, was charged with doing um, meetings, holding meetings and facilitating meetings and that kind of thing. And I was charged with coaching that employee about his performance. And one of the things I did was record the employee's performance and asked, then asked him to evaluate his own performance. So as a manager, you're not necessarily charged with saying, okay, here are all the things, you know, these are the five things, but you can ask the employee for their input as well, because oftentimes employees realize where their performance is not to expectations, right? So you ask the employee to evaluate their own performance. You share the issue. Um, you know, you can say something like, you know, hey, please take a look at this report. How do you think you can improve? What are your thoughts? Most employees can contribute constructive feedback during this time. Then you as a coach can add to this and guide the employee through the change in behavior that you'd like to see. It's really nice to have their perspective and understanding. You know, you say things like, well, what do you, what do you think about adding a graph and a cost analysis to this report that you've done? get the employee's feedback and then provide yours. Yeah, I like that because it's more interactive, right? And, and that's kind of what the theme, part of the themes that you've been providing is that it's, it's not a one-way street. Um, so I think that's invaluable. Um, yeah, so, it's really not. And it's just yeah. a matter of um, telling the employee, you can tell the employee, right, how this could create a better understanding of the information written you know, and it, it impacts the cost and analysis, you know, like in the case with the, a report. Um, and then you can just kind of get their feedback. It's, it's very important. The best way you as the manager can also provide more specific feedback as well. Yeah, absolutely. So what about when we start moving towards like more formal, right? Those, those written warnings, um, how, how would you kind of break that down? So, um, well, with the written warning, you want to make sure that you're including all the right elements, right? So the first thing is that you're documenting the issue in specific terms. So on January 10th, there were three errors in the cost analysis report. Include the impact. This error caused the organization to lose $20,000. Or perhaps one of your colleagues had to take on additional work to correct these errors and reissue the report. In addition, you made an error on December 5th and, and November 7th. You know, so you want to make sure that you're really specific, including those dates and, you know, what it was that the employee did or did not do. 
Um, then you can also do things like, then you wanna, I'm sorry, then you wanna also include the timing for improvement. That's very important. So here's what you did wrong. Here's the impact. Here, actually, we also wanna let you know that here's what we need to see in order for you to be meeting expectations at this point. And then we'll give you 30 days in which to get that done or whatever the timing is. Could be longer depending on the issue, could be shorter, you know, depending on how severe it is. Um, you know, maybe you want immediate improvement as could be the case with an attendance issue, for example. In addition to the written warning, you could also create um, what's called, or even as part of the written warning, you can create what's called a PIP or performance improvement plan. They kind of usually work hand in hand, um, although it can be used independently. So a PIP is really used to improve employee performance by creating a formal plan with action items and dates for achieving these action items. It includes dates when performance fails, performance gaps, the action plan, and a description of the employee's current performance and when improvement is needed. And also, there's the consequence that's included in there. So what will happen if improvement isn't seen? That is so helpful. And I think what would be helpful too is if we kind of also talked about the other end of it, right? Because yes, we want to correct, you know, um, shortcomings or where we're not meeting job standards. But what about when we want to also maintain and not ignore the the good stuff that's happening, right? So what what is reinforcing, you know, the, the positives, the, the good behavior performances? How, how can we apply that as well? I'm so glad you mentioned that, Missy, because reinforcing good behavior is often overlooked. I've seen so many times where employees leave organizations because they really just don't feel special or they feel ignored or maybe they're getting dumped on, right? Because the good performance get all the work. So it's really important to ensure that good performance or behavior is reinforced and rewarded. So communicating these messages is very important. How do you send a message like that? You have to figure out who the employee is, right? Does this person like public recognition versus private recognition? Some employees might love being praised in a group setting, such as a team meeting, whereas others really shy away from that because they're very private. They want to hear that they did a good job, but maybe in their one-on-one -on -one meeting with you. So when you're sharing recognition, face-to-face -face communication is good, right? Um, team meetings are good too, but it has to, it also depends on the person. Um, I really like personal contact. I think it's really important that you're not necessarily just shooting off an email message, but you're picking up the phone as the manager to call the employee to let them know that they've done a great job. Or even doing a video call, that's great too. Um, in addition, you're creating you, you're also creating that note because remember we talked about reportable events. These are some good events as well. So you create a note to the and put it into the employee's file on your computer or uh, where have you, just so that you have a record of these good behaviors and good performance that you'd like to see more of. The kind of feedback that you're providing at this time. Well, managers are charged with providing feedback 
about good performance on a regular basis, just in the same way that you would um, if the performance was not was not so great, right? So for a high performer, you're saying things, you may want to say things like, oh, keep up the good work. You hear these things all the time. But you want to make sure that this feedback is really specific and that it's meant to encourage and develop the employee. So great job sounds nice, but it's really too general. So you'll want to tell an employee exactly what they did. You did a great job with the sales report. It was easy to understand, accurate, and on time. Thank you for, and then you want to be really specific, right? So it's the good positive comment and then the specific behavior right after that. You may also want to provide a small gift card, you know, a small gift. Uh, name that maybe it's like, you know, the top performer of the month, employee of the month. Give the employee an extra day off. There's lots of different things that you can do. It's important to really determine again what the employee will appreciate before you start rewarding performance. So the first step is really to get to know your employee, get to know your staff. You'll want to provide the employee with that thing that they value as a true reward. Rhonda, I love that because it, it, it becomes part of the, the manager's job description, right? And, and both, you know, providing feedback for like, constructive feedback, but also like being a positive resource in their lives and encouraging when it's built into their job description and not just like, you know, a potential quality that somebody may or may not have. It really reinforces the idea of what it means to be a team and to lead that team. So I really love kind of that light that you shed on that. Great. Um, but to that point, I, I think a lot of managers would agree that they don't enjoy this process, right? So what, what would your feedback to them be, right? To those managers who are stuck with how to give feedback, whether it's, you know, constructive or positive? I think it's just kind of, I know, and I know this is difficult, easier said than done, but just shifting your paradigm, shifting how you think about it, because most employees welcome the feedback. And especially if you're conscious or nervous about giving it as a manager, you just kind of want to frame it in a very positive way, positive as possible. And I like to think about it this way, if you keep the feedback to yourself, the employee, you're really not giving your employee an opportunity to improve their performance. So it's really important to have that interactive process, ongoing feedback all the time, because the employee will then get the idea like, hey, I can improve or here are some things that I'm really doing well, I need to keep doing those things. Um, but like you said, Missy, a lot of managers don't like giving feedback and especially not the performance management evaluation, the formal feedback that usually happens once a year. I, in my experience, most managers hate doing this. <laughs> Many, they see it as time consuming. Some managers are fearful of having an uncomfortable conversation or even in some case, harming the employee's morale. And these are real viable issues here. Um, because oftentimes when you're doing that annual review, you know, no one's perfect. So there's usually some negative or what I like to call constructive feedback. Um, some look forward to it. Those are the ones that are actually kind of staying ahead of the curve. So they're doing the ongoing feedback throughout the year um, and writing, taking notes, 
keeping a record. And so all they have to do is pull all that stuff up and put it right into the performance evaluation. They have a file of employee feedback that they review and then include it, right? So it just becomes really, really easy to do. The big thing here is that the performance discussion should not include any surprises for the employee. It's not a gift necessarily, you know, it's like, ooh, wow. Feedback, I never heard this before. You wanna make sure that the employee is really kind of familiar with everything that you're putting into the performance evaluation because you've had those ongoing conversations throughout the year. And there's a lot of ground to cover, right? What does this look like? Well, it's a formal document that includes employee competencies specific to the job and the organization and an area to list employee goals and performance against the goals. It includes a summary of the employee's performance for the entire year. And that's really important to understand. The formal performance evaluation process is the entire year. Oftentimes, a manager may get hung up with something that went really, really good or something that didn't go so well. And so you wanna make sure that it's a balanced communication where you're really recording the, where you have a really good picture of the overall performance of this employee. Of this employee. Other companies have, um, they might do, you know, just the one-on-one -on -one where it's just your employee gets the performance evaluation, completes it. Um, just, I'm sorry, I have to redo that part. Some companies have managers complete the form and discuss with their employee. Other companies have both the manager and the employee complete the form. And in some cases, you have what's called 360 feedback. And that can be used where um, the employee, the manager, uh, the employee, the, a third party, such as a colleague or even a client, provides the feedback. So this way, the employee has a really nice, well-rounded view about how different people within the organization see them and sometimes even outside the organization see, see their performance. So there's lots of different ways to do it. Um, that's primarily it. This has been amazing, Rhonda. And I think it's so important for all who are listening to really understand that performance management can be used for improving employee behavior, but also encouraging and promoting well-performing employees as well, right? And and so thank you so much for joining us today and you know breaking this down so clearly and giving us a really awesome framework for moving forward. Um, and so for all of us who are listening, right, you know, please visit prestigepeo.com for more information on these topics. If you didn't catch episode one, go back and listen to it. You know, we set up the tone for diving in deeper. So that's a really great foundation work. Um, and our blog, uh, it's called The Prestige Perspective, right? It's a great place to get vital information when it comes to just more HR topics like this. So don't forget to catch up on all of our other seasons, right? Season one and two of HRN15 at hrn15.com. Com. But again, Rhonda, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you, Missy. I had a great time. For questions or more information on today's topic, visit prestigepeo.com.